Today's episode of The Trail Show is brought to you by the creators of Gut Hooks Guides. Gut Hooks Guides are your premier go-to hiking trail guides for iPhone and Android, with apps for the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, Continental Divide Trail, and many, many more. The apps are made by three PCT thru-hikers. That would be Gut Hook, Tangent, and Holstein, who not only love hiking, but love programming, making useful tools for hikers and supporting trail organizations. They've worked with organizations like the Arizona Trail Association, Colorado Trail Foundation, Appalachian Trail Conservancy, and Florida Hikes to create the best smartphone guides out there for hikers. Whether you're a hiker or a trail organization thinking about creating your own app, check out Guthook's Guides at guthookhikes.com or in the iTunes App Store and the Google Play Store. What about for my BlackBerry or Windows phone? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they they make a sound effect for that, Mag. Should should I go ahead and play it? I, I think you should because it goes with our mail. <laughs> Let's start the show. All right. Actually, before oh. we start the show, we have a message from the child that is Leo. My name is Leo Di- uh, Lorenzo, and I don't listen to the trail show. <laughs> I tell you what, our our budget's gotten so low here at the trail show that we actually have um, D-Lo now. He can have his kids do the promos for free. Wow. Does this violate any child labor laws? (laughs) I I think we're in the clear. We checked with legal mags. Oh, right, legal. So Leo, the child of D-Lo, is allowed to give a promo. That's correct. That's right. And I tell you what, after last month's show and its lack of sound effects, we received a large volume of mail and a few donations with one request and one request only, to bring sound effects back to the trail show. Listener Timothy P. writes, Please bring back the sound effects. It is too late to change. It is now your signature. Besides, it adds to the general silliness, which makes the show fun. Take that, the onion. Bring back the sound machine, Timothy P. says. So, you have spoken, and we have listened. Without further ado... Yo! We had it on the show. Don't criticize it. <laughs> Rastafari. I and I. Get on the trail. My God, Paul. It's like someone put a big I, I just had a bunch of chicken sandwiches. Drinking of Lita. What are you going to do? Get on the trail. Get on the trail. Get on trail. We're talking about dirt, mud, blood, and guts. Can nobody fiesta? It's the trail show. My God, Paulie. Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. What the hell are you two doing, Mike? Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. What are you girls doing up here? Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Yeah! Paul Mags Magnanti. He's a fraud. And now from Mag's living room, it's the Trail Show. Oh, they're cheering. They're cheering, folks. Coming to you live from our West Denver production facility in the Bobby Walter studio at Casa de Oscuridad. Ooh. That's the house of darkness, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to The Trail Show. We are heard worldwide on iTunes, Stitcher, and at thetrailshow.com. The Trail Show has been downloaded over 350,000 times in 85 countries across the globe. You have been spreading the word, and we appreciate it. This is our November show, and we are stoked that you've joined us today. 
We've got a great show for you today, although we are without Mike DiLorenzo, as he is about to become a father again at any moment. Anyway. Godspeed. Godspeed, DiLo. Before we get into the processed meat of the show, we must introduce our in-studio guest. We always have special music for our in-studio guests. Ladies and gentlemen, he was taping a special across the hall. In-studio this month is AT thru-hiker, league bowler, and a man who recently accomplished standing atop all of Colorado's 14,000-foot mountains, Woo! Mr. Rick MacGyver. How? Yeah! It's nice to be here. Thank you. So what was the special that you were filming? Was that how not to bowl and not to pick up ladies? Oh, oh it's already Ooh. begun. Yeah. <coughs> Actually, that was the uh, the special here. And, um, I, don't, <laughs> I, gotta get, I, I think I need some, some more beers. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, my first radio show, so very, podcast. Very good. We'll be nice to you. And uh, you well, got we, no. She won't. Well, I won't. So I should explain to the people. I should. We should explain, shouldn't yeah. we? Don't you think we should? I think you will, regardless of what I think. Yeah, so um, this is my friend MacGyver, who also goes by Smack, Mac G, and One Nut. Uh, Anyway, so Mac G and I hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2002, and I met MacGyver my second day on the trail, right? Day two. Yeah. My first day. His first day. Oh. Yeah, because he didn't do the approach trail. Oh, anyway. so your, your hike doesn't count. I don't then. care. I'm just saying. I'm trying to explain <laughs> the discrepancy yeah. there. And uh, Mac, G, can you, can you tell the people what your first thought about me was when you hiked with me? So as I was walking up this, uh, this mountain here, I see uh, POD going up very slowly. Mm, that's true. I'm, I approach her fairly quickly. Yeah. And pass her fairly quickly. <laughs> yep. Also true. And as I am uh, taking a break, eating a snack on top of this uh, mountain or hill out there. Um, <laughs> Beauty There's comes up and uh, sits down and, you know, talking. She's huffing and puffing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, As I do. And I'm thinking to myself, she's not going to make it. Never. That go. was his wow. first thought. She's never going to make it. She's not going to make it. What are you doing out here? Uh-huh. <laughs> so... I figure, you know, I you're gonna good put con- your eye out. I had a good conversation with her, and I, I thought that uh, I probably won't see her very much anymore. Hmm. Oh, and and ha- he really wished that 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 he hadn't seen me again. So that was 13. That's years when ago. the madness started. Almost yes, almost 14 years later, I'm sitting next to her. Yeah, doing a podcast, doing in, a podcast in an abandoned house somewhere in West. And Denver. I did finish the AT before MacGyver. I just want to point that out. Oh. How because th- MacGyver was ditching trail, hiking fast to get more tail. You mean trail? Tail. Oh, hey now. Ditching tail, hiking fast, getting more tail. Some might call that, you know, trail tail. Yeah. <laughs> Some might. There was a lot. There were a lot of like legends about MacGyver on the All right. AT. Anyway, hold, sorry. Hold, hold that thought. We'll get into some of these uh, side notes later. Okay. Mags. What is on the menu for this month's trail show feast? We have a lot of stuff on the menu, courtesy of the Windows Phone. You know, no, just kidding. Are they sponsoring the show, Mags? They are not. I mean, they only have less than two percent of the market, so I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. So we're going to do um, we're going to do some trail news. We're going to feature the North Country Trail as our trail of the month. Some trips from the past month. A trail tip done by Mister Mac G over here. 
And Ooh. I, he doesn't even know about it yet. Wow. This is a surprise. It's a surprise. An abbreviated media musings. This is a nice short, more of an appetizer than a full meal. It's not Ooh. a buffet of, of surfaces, if you will. Uh, mailbag, our shout-outs to our wonderful sponsors, and, of course, our usual things. We're going to have um, Ask a Hiker and, of course, a gear review on a very special item. Very good. Before we get into trail news, we got to get into Mike DiLorenzo's beer of the month. Okay, that's right. D-Lo. All right, let's ask Dilo. Dilo, what's uh, what's beer of the month? Dilo, pretty standard, really. Dilo, Dilo's not here, so no. he, he might be in the labor so, delivery room. Yeah, that's true. So this month we are drinking all brews from Strange Brewing Company. Right out here in yeah. Denver. And um, I just want to throw out there, I went to Strange um, this past fall, or I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But I went there with my brother, Frito Rotoli Garcia, and our friend Aaron. And they ordered a sample of everything. They're like, we want a sample of everything. Not just a flight, but everything. And it was... 15 samples? It was more than that. It was closer to 20. They had several different years of brandy wine. And wow. Anyway... It was, it was incredible. The, their stuff is so, so good. And um, so Disco and I were at the beer store, and we're like, let's get some beer for, the, for our last show here before we take off. And uh, we, we went with Strange, and they've sponsored the show before. So we have the Farmhouse Ale, which is one of their best, uh, best you know, staples, delicious. We have the Breakfast IPA, the which Grapefruit I'm IPA. drinking right now, and it is... Delicious. That's right. And we also have the Cherry Creek, which is a wheat ale with cherries. Delicious. So good. Yeah. So that's what we have. And with all the news, it's fit to be heard, Mr. Paul Mags Mignanti. Mags, take it away. All right. First, I'm going to say I'm going to end on a happy, cheery note, this news item. Okay. Okay. So the first one is kind of sad, but we're going to have happy, cheery stuff at Okay, good. So, remember uh, two years ago, uh, Geraldine Larguet, the Bo- Appalachian Trail hiker in Maine, missing? Went oh, missing. Yeah. You saw, covered this. I saw this. something about this on Facebook. Yeah. They yeah. found her body in Maine, uh, the skeletal remains, and it was on the naval, they do search and rescue training in the naval land in Maine. They found, that's where they found their body. More details be released. That's all we know for now. But they did, I guess, some closure to her friends and family. So, there is a... Hmm. Bright spot in this. Um, her family can be at peace now. Was hmm. she close to the trail? Were the remains close to the trail? Uh, no, it was in this naval land, which is done for search and rescue, okay. invasion training. Um, with, no one really knows, at least they're not telling publicly, how she got off the trail. Okay. Hmm. Theory, it could be an exposure and a hypothermia. Maybe she got lost. Yeah. You know, it is Maine, so it is relatively rural and isolated versus other parts of the trail, for sure. Sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, it's thick woods, so you get off trail. Right. So there you have it. Um, there was a, recently, I don't know if people heard about this, the bear hunt in Florida they did. Oh, what? really? Open hunting season? They gave permits. In two days, 295 bears were shot and killed. Beers or bears? Well, bears. Wow. Bears. <laughs> That's a lot of bears. Yes. And they suspended it after two days. So there's some controversy Holy. over it. Because people wonder, is there really need for bear hunt? A lot of conservation folks in Florida just besides themselves and... Um, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> are bears native to Florida? Yes. I mean, they were up and down the whole yeah. East Coast, huh. black bears. That seems like not the place I would want to be if I had yeah. a coat of fur that yeah. thick. 
You would think that, but, but they're there. I don't know, it's weird. Black bears are very adaptable in general. Yeah, they're yeah, like that's coyote, true. They're like that's coyotes. True. But they were they were a nuisance up there, weren't they? Were they? Well, that's the controversy because where people are hunting, you know, it's more the suburban. You know what? Like Carter interface, like you they know were there what? first. When are we going to say that humans are the nuisance? So how dare you? Just PAD. saying. How dare you? It, you know, what a little human population control, D-Lo. But <laughs> <laughs> about to bring another carbon footprint. Uh, just oh, here, kidding. Here we just go. kidding, people. I'm send, just kidding, send people. Hate mail. Just kidding. I love kids. Uh-huh. I had one spit on my face today, actually. Ooh. A baby. Yeah. I, I love my it's niece. Fine. She's great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, I just want people to know I don't hate kids. There you go. Um, yeah, I almost wasn't going to cover this, but enough people are talking about the hay. So everyone's like all happy because REI is not going to open on Black Friday. And, you know. I heard about this. Yeah. What, what's the deal? Frankly, if I may be cynical, I think it's just great publicity for REI. Most of their consumer base is probably outgoing, doing outdoor stuff anyway that day because it's a day off. So well, yeah. And isn't don't you think REI is more of a kind of Cyber Monday type of pl- store? Exactly. So uh, it's just going to generate more traffic for them on Cyber Monday. It's a great marketing ploy. They're not like Target yeah. or Walmart where they depend upon the big sales on Friday. They're very much mail order. Maybe I'm being cynical. Maybe they're doing it for the goodwill. Well, did I <laughs> did I hear that they're going to pay their employees? They, then that's actually kind of cool. They are paying their employees, except for some key emergency staff, probably like IT monkeys like me and some customer right. support people. But everyone else is getting a full day of pay. Well, that, I, I'll give them some props for that. That is, that that is, is cool, to be fair. Yeah. But I don't know if that's full-time or part-time employees. Okay. Right. So, you know, people are happy, but the cynic in me is like, yeah, that's what cheap marketing ploy and good mm. for them, whatever. Anyway, meh, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn kids. Nothing to do with kids. Just I'm a cynical bastard from the Northeast. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, rem- Bismarck, JT, James T. Ham. Uh, the oh one, yeah! Yes, he pled. He was the one who embezzled nine million dollars from Pepsi, and he was on the AT hike through hiking around. Yes, it was very well known. Got apprehended at trail days. He plea bargained wire fraud. He can still go to jail for twenty years, but they don't think that's going to happen because he did plea bargain. Hmm. So, and the lesson is: if you steal nine million from a corporation, you're in trouble. But if you do it from regular people, like a few years of the subprime mortgage. No problem. That's right. Oh, man. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So, folks, if you're going to embezzle, make sure you do it from little people, not from companies. That's right. Yeah, MacGyver. <laughs> White collar crime. <laughs> Send hate mail to me. <laughs> Mags at thetrailshow.org. There, there you go. Now, this goes um, along with um, our Gut Hook app. So, here you go. And I actually picked out these new items before I heard Gar- Gut Hook was going to be sponsoring the show. So, D'Lo will appreciate this if he was here. The U.S. Navy's teaching celestial navigation again for officers. Hmm. The reason for that is because what? they're worried about hackers taking down the GPS system. Oh, oh, you're kidding. So enlisted personnel on naval ships have still been taught right along how to do celestial navigation. So the senior... Sel- yeah, well, I would think that if you're on a ship, you should know how to do that. The senior enlisted personnel, so the equivalent oh, okay. of chief petty officers, they would always be up, up to the present day learning that. So it was always a senior enlisted person who could do celestial navigation. Oh, okay. They stopped teaching the officers in sometime in the mid to late 90s because of GPS okay. systems. Okay, okay, So they decided because of concerns over, some would say, Chinese hackers perhaps. The Chinese. They're teaching celestial navigation again. Cool. Wow. So cool. this goes with my last news item from Backpacker Magazine. Okay. Hikers lost with an app. 
So the, the three 18-year-olds were hiking in um, Rattlesnake Mountain in New Hampshire. Their app directed them to the long, wrong parking lot and trail. And they had bushwhacking because that's where their app told them to go. Oh, no. And they had to use their cell phone to call for a search and rescue. To quote the article, the app sent them to the wrong parking lot and trails. And instead of taking the main trail, the hikers bushwhacked through the woods attempting to reach the summit. <laughs> Remember That's that weird. episode of The Office where yes. Mike, Mike Scott is following his... It was a car navigation system, and it told him to drive directly into a pond. And he, he would not do otherwise because he had to do what the navigation system told him. So he drove his car into a pond. Or, in this case, three 18-year-olds did what the Google app, I'm assuming it was, told them to do. Good grief. Now, perhaps if they had a fine gut hook app, this would, That's have, right. this would not have happened. That's right. No, no. MacGyver, what do you think about all these kids and their hiking apps and, you know, hiking, bushwhacking over mountains to parking lots that don't exist? Guthookhikes.com. Okay, very good. I like it, man. And that's all the news. There he goes, right. ladies and gentlemen. This is perfect timing because we have a treat for our listeners. We're kind of switching things up here at the trail show. You know, we've been doing this whole short is the new long thing for a long time. And this month we're doing long is the new short. Take that, Skirka. We're featuring the longest national scenic trail in the national scenic trail system. The in the no- history of the world. The North Country Trail. And we have a special guest live via satellite feed, Luke Strider Jordan, who has not only through-hiked the NCT, but he has also done some work for the NCT Association. Oh. So let's Skype in Strider right now. And let's see if he can school us on the North Country Trail. We might even play a prank on him. (laughs) Hello, how's it going? Hey, Strider, it is is Disco Mags MacGyver, P.O.D. from the Trail Show. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing good. We're doing good. Thanks so much for joining us. I... Gave you a little brief introduction off the air that you did not hear, but um, I have let folks know that not only have you through-hiked the North Country Trail, but you've also done some work for the North Country Trail Association, and we had spoke brief, briefly a couple days ago. Um, I want to give our listeners just kind of a brief overview of the North Country Trail itself. How long is it? What states does it go through? And you know, maybe what direction you through-hiked it? Sure. Um, so uh, it's the longest National Scenic Trail. Obviously, it's uh, twice as long as the AT at about 4,600 miles. So it's quite the undertaking for sure. Um, wow. It goes through seven states, uh, stretching from North Dakota, if you're going eastbound like I was. Um, then you got Minnesota, which is my home state. Uh, you got Wisconsin. You got both the upper and lower peninsulas of Michigan. And then you got Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, and you finish in New York currently, but there will soon be eight states. It'll actually, the plan is to extend it into Vermont to connect with the Ooh. Appalachian Trail. Oh. oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah something we can work right now, actually. We're just waiting a bill to pass in Congress. Oh, well, <laughs> good luck with that. Did you try bribery? Yeah. <laughs> that usually works. <laughs> or lobbying, that's what they call yeah. it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So you did a through-hike of this trail. I did, yes. Two years ago, I started uh, at the end of March and finished uh, mid-October in Vermont. Oh, wow. Beautiful time That's to That's laying there. down some miles there, brah. I got 25 a day to make it through. I, we had an abnormally long winter that year, so I kind of got slowed down. Mm. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So now, t- um, 
You started. You said you started in the west and hiked eastbound. Where does the trail start and finish? Uh, sure. So if you're um eastbound hiker like I was, um, the trail starts at Lake Sigagawea State Park, which is actually right on the Missouri River, um, which is actually part of the Lewis and Clark National Historic Trail, Ooh. which I'm pretty sure is how they came up with um, the Western Terminus, because it's kind of it kind of links to an existing trail. And then on the east end, uh, the trail is at Crown Point, which is actually a historic site right on the edge of the Adirondack Mountains in New York. So you're actually right on the state line with Vermont. And if um, this bill we have in Congress goes through, it will eventually end at Main Junction on the AT. Oh, cool. Whoa. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. Then it's just a hop, skip, and a jump to the Inn at Long Trail, and you have a celebratory Guinness. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty fantastic trail. Now, it's very diverse all throughout. Mentioning the Adirondacks, is that link up at all with the ad what was that trail we did trans 80k the trans 80k um is that the northfield placid trail i think part of it is yeah I yeah think. i think okay. par- parts of it joined the northfield placid uh yes and actually the route through the adirondacks was just finalized about three weeks ago especially the route that i took was kind of unofficial but i was on it for about 35 miles and that was one huh. of the highlights of the whole hike actually really oh really huh yeah it was fantastic and speaking of highlights what for you, what, what were some of your favorite sections of the North Country Trail? Well, I'd say um, the East End of the Adirondacks is by far the best. Um, hmm. There were a couple other. There's really three spots that really stood out. That was one of them. The other one was uh, the northeast corner of Minnesota, kind of right on the tip of Lake Superior. Oh, uh, hey. across the Border Route Trail is really fantastic. Um, and also the Superior Hiking Trail, which is right next door to it. it, it it's about 300 miles of trail down the uh the north shore of the lake there and oh, nice. um and then portions of the upper peninsula of michigan like uh going through the porcupine mountains and the stretch through picture rock national lake shore oh uh, yeah i hear those fantastic highlights of the trail gorgeous yeah we were there a couple uh summers ago disco and i and uh, mati and yvonne did a little tour up there in the upper peninsula and we crossed we actually were camped at tequamanon falls state park and yep. the, and the the trail went right through there we actually went and hiked on it for a mile didn't we, we did we sure did yeah with sure, the kids yeah, and everything. that's uh, one of the better areas of the UP there. Yeah. So you say that, so I, I'm guessing just because of having grown up in the Midwest, there's got to be, I mean, you know, just to, 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 to sum up the trail, honestly, there's got to be some sections that are a little, little bit of a snore fest. A little bit what? Of a snore fest, you know, boring. Um, yeah, there's really only a few of those, though. Oh, for, okay. for the most part, it's um, like every, every area has something to offer that's pretty yeah. fun to look at and experience now i'm curious about the terrain because uh you know you've got you start out there in the east and that's definitely way more mountainous than getting over into uh you know western pa and ohio and michigan and stuff so i don't know maybe you could just speak to that a little bit the 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 differences in the terrain and whatnot Sure, and, and that's actually part of the reason why I decided to do an eastbound hike is because um, I was a rookie at the time. I had not done a single long-distance hike. And actually, before wow. I did the hike, the year before, the longest hike I'd ever done was six days on Isle Royal. It's kind of a test oh, run. Oh, wow, cool. So, yeah, this was my very first through hike, so I was totally inexperienced. Whoa. I didn't think it was wise to start at the hardest part of the trail as far as terrain goes in the winter, um, which yeah. is ultimately why I started in the flat country of the plains um, in March to kind of get used to the idea of doing 25 miles a day. And then by the time I got to the end, my body was more than prepared to handle the, uh, you know, the steep uphill climbs of the Adirondacks. Yeah. And, you know, does the trail mix, you know, trail and 
dirt roads or things like that, walking paths, bike paths? Uh, yeah, there's um, there's a town, except for there's a couple of areas that are pretty remote. The longest stretch I went without coming through a community was about 10 days. Oh, um, wow. That's I was pretty in the long. Upper Peninsula, actually, and also coming through the Bounty Waters in Minnesota. It's kind of the same thing. So those two spots oh, are pretty wow. remote. But usually there's a town every four to five days, so resupply isn't a huge issue. Um, as far as row walking goes, the trail at this point, it's about 60% off-road. So the other 40 is on roads, but for the most part, um, it's broken up into really small chunks, so you don't notice it. I mean, we're on a really right, long right. I can only think of, I think, three or four days where the entire day was on a road. And okay. those are... Huh? And uh, three of those are in North Dakota and Western Minnesota. So if you're going eastbound, you get those out in the first three, three weeks and you're done. Um, so for the most part, as soon as you get – basically, the further east you go, the more complete the trail is as far as off-road. Um, so when you're doing 25 miles a day, you start to not even realize that you're walking on the road for a while because it's in, like, mile or two-mile chunks. And, uh, Strider, we were talking um, earlier yesterday. I, I told you that we'd be, we were out at – in Oregon for the Auto West gathering uh, a month ago, and as one of my trail trivia questions, I threw out to the audience: uh, Can can anybody tell me how many states the North Country Trail goes through? And you know, there was crickets and tumbleweeds rolling through the auditorium. There, nobody knew. And then some guy held up his hand and said two states, and some other person said three states. And you know, <laughs> I, it just it blows my mind that this is the longest national scenic trail in the United States, and it's just not on a lot of people's radars. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, you said that you were pretty much a, a, you were green, you were a rookie coming into this trail. How did the North Country Trail get on your radar? And and then how did you decide you wanted to walk the entire length of it? Yeah, it kind of happened by accident. Um, At the time, I was halfway through college. I was thinking of I wanted to do some kind of long hike when I finished. So at the time, I really only knew about the Triple Crown. So I was going to do one of those. I was going to do either the AT or the PCT. And then um, I had been a member of the Superior Hiking Trail Association for 10 years because actually I ended up buying a piece of land up there. Um, and it turns out that the oh. trail crosses the road about 400 feet from our driveway. Oh, cool. So I had oh, wow. put on it. Um, and so I, I became a member. So I decided in college I was going to give back a little bit. So I decided to join the trail crew for a summer and build new trail. And actually, my first time volunteering, one of the volunteers informed me that that was actually part of the North Country Trail. I had not heard of it until that point. So mm-hmm. I went 10 years not knowing that, you know, the 300-mile-long trail along the North Shore was part of this 4,600-mile behemoth of a trail. And so I was just fascinated with it as soon as I heard about it. So as soon as I got home, I did a little bit of research, got online, pulled up the map, and I was just blown away that you could walk from North Dakota all the way to Vermont. And I was hooked. Yeah. And uh, so I... I, I I tossed the AT aside and decided I'm going to do this trail instead. Did you hike with anybody at any point, or were you solo the whole time? I was solo pretty much the whole time. I had Whoa. a handful of days where I had friends join me, particularly in Minnesota. Um, but that was maybe five or six days total. So for the most part, I was, I was solo the whole way. How many pounds of cheese curds and poutine did you eat on this trip? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... Um, I I took in about 3,500 calories a day, 3,500 to 4,000. Um, so kind of just enough to kind of keep nourished enough. Um, I did end up losing about 20 pounds while I was out yeah, there. Yeah, I was just thinking, I bet you looked great when you finished. <laughs> yeah, I felt, I felt the best in my entire life. I felt really in shape. Oh, I was being facetious. Most guys look terrible when they finish a long hike. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they lose look too scrawny. M- they lose too much weight. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe you were <laughs> chunky before you started, so maybe you looked good. Yeah, I was... I was 
pushing the uh, like the frequency skinny line. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. It yeah. happens. Hey, I'm yeah. curious about um, resupply for through hikers or section hikers. Like, you know, what's your average amount of time between towns or distance between towns, and and how you know how how is resupply? Are some of the towns basically just a convenience store, or, or what's it like? Uh, yeah, for me, I chose to about once a week. I get I get resupplied, so about every seven days. And that kind of varies. There are some portions where, again, you go like 10 days without towns and you're required to carry more food, obviously. Um, but it kind of averaged out to about every six or seven days I would get more food. So I had to have enough you know, food for all six days. And it got to be pretty heavy after a while. Um, but it's pretty simple. I just did the simple post office box method. So I just sent the – or I, ha- I actually let the calendar back home and my family would kind of keep track of my progress. And so they would make sure – to send it off to the next town, you know, well in advance to make sure in case I was there early that whatever I needed was there. But could you, kind of, but could you yeah. have purchased food in those towns instead of sending yourself food? Just out of curiosity. Um, yeah, most of them, you could have, not all of them. There are a couple of really small okay. towns where pretty yeah. much all there is is like a bar and a convenience store. So there really isn't a whole lot. And that's ultimately why, especially because this trail is not like the AT, there's no guidebook yet. Um, so the mm. information is not, it's right. not complete enough to know that going into it. So I thought it was a much safer bet just to buy everything in bulk ahead of time. And then that way I know I'm getting what I need. So is this trail strictly a foot trail? Is it multi-use, all horses um, and mountain bikes? Yeah, it's, um, it was originally designed to be primarily for backpackers, and that's ultimately what we try to do. There are a few uh, very specific spots where they do allow mountain bikes and horses, but ultimately that's up to the land manager to decide. Got it. And most of, most of those are in national forest areas where it's all three uses are allowed. And what's the water situation like? I imagine it varies greatly on a 4,000-plus-mile trail, but did you have long water qu- carries? And, uh, you know, like maybe your what was your longest water carry out there? Sure. Um, I, there were really only a few spots where water was a challenge because, for the most part, the thing, the thing that kind of defines what North Country actually is is the lakes and the rivers mm-hmm. and just being in the woods, obviously, um, especially in Minnesota, you know, we're the land of 10,000 lakes where there are really 15,000 or more. So there's water is pretty abundant. There's only a couple spots where it was an issue. That would be pretty much the western half of North Dakota. It's almost like semi-arid. It's pretty dry out there. Um, and then portions of southern Ohio is just like open farmland. There's not a whole lot of natural water down there. But otherwise, other than that, there's water pretty much every day. There's at least one water source. I was able to either filter from or if I was in a town, I'd go to the gas station and get filled up from their faucet. Or Yeah, so it was really – overall, it's fairly easy to get water. I think my longest haul – was I carried four liters for two oh. and a half days. Oh, man, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Wait, four liters for two and a half days? Yeah. You only drank four liters over two and a half days? Uh, yeah, once or twice. Oh, my God, were you wow. peeing blood? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty rough. Yeah, that you sounds think? pretty rough. Yikes. Yeah, cripe. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Where, whereabouts were you like around July 20th or so? July 20th, I would have been three days from crossing into Ohio. Oof. That's tough. So I was in extreme southern Michigan. That that ended up being, I think, if my memory serves me right, that was one of the hottest days on the trail. We're at 103. I mean, I was just pulling out a date. I was just curious. Because I grew up in Michigan. Sure. And, uh, you know... I, I I didn't do well with the hum, heat and humidity in the summertime. S- it's rough. I was going to say more than the heat. It's the humidity yeah, yeah, that yeah. comes immediately For to sure. mind. Just that yeah, muggy. Actually, I, I actually just moved back from Michigan a few days ago, actually. I spent the oh. summer there. Wow. Wow. And I'm guessing, you know, with all the water, 
in the lakes and the ponds. I'm guessing that there's a heck of a bug season on the North Country Trail. Could you speak to oh, that? Yeah, um, actually, that was the number one biggest challenge that I faced. It got to be so, or I guess for us to give a little bit of backstory. So I, there was kind of three major blocks in my hike. The first one was the snow. We had an incredibly long winter that just dragged on where mid-May it was still snowing, which even in Minnesota typically doesn't happen. Um, so I was actually on snowshoes the first six weeks. Um, so that really slowed me down. I was only covering like 12 to 14 miles a day versus 25. And then so after that, as soon as it warmed up, there was flooding everywhere. So about half my trek down the Superior Hiking Trail was in two feet of water, um, which is very interesting. And that kind of slowed my pace even more. Whoa. And then coming across the UP was by far the biggest roadblock where just the mosquitoes were yeah. so thick that you couldn't even like see clearly. It was pretty much kind of a gray what? cloud. And I got bit so many times. Like, even I had, like, the full bug suit. I had, like, the head net. I had the long <laughs> yeah. sleeves, long pants. I got overheated, dehydrated, because I just couldn't stop to eat or drink or anything, or I just got swarmed and got eaten alive. And I actually got bit so many times that I actually had my first ever allergic reaction to bugs, which has never happened. Wow. Wow. And it was, it was for, like, 35 days. My entire trek through the UP was, like, bugs every single day. It was so you probably far. don't have a good recollection the of the UP. I hope to never go through that again. It was miserable. And I, I almost gave up because it just got to be too much. And then I decided to stick it out for a few more days, and I made it to the Mackinac Bridge. And as soon as I crossed, the bugs were just gone. It was, like, a whole new place. And yeah. so I, that was the final hurdle that I got over. I was able to complete the hike. But I, I almost gave up because the bugs were so bad. The only reason you held on was the fudge, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So you kind of glossed over this, but you waded in two feet of water for how long? Um, really, it was only like two or three days. Um, really. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. No, it was, um, it, was, it was packed pretty tight. So there was like eight-foot drift, and then it hit 70 degrees. And so it all just melted at once. And so there was, there was a three-day stretch where I was walking through water every single day. And it but, I mean, for most it. people saying waded through water two or three hours, that's a lot of my two or yeah. three days. So uh, props to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I bet your feet smelled awesome after those Yeah, I have some days. pretty shocking pictures that show a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about trench foot. I know. <laughs> now, Strider, I know that uh, you've done some work, either contract work or work for the North Country Trail Association. I'm just kind of curious, you know, um, what what you ended up doing for the North Country Trail folks, and um, and was that before or after your through hike? Uh, sure. Actually, I worked more with the uh, National Park Service versus the okay. actual association. Um, for the association, I, apparently, I mainly do just volunteer work. Um, so I've done trail building for the past five years. I've been a member for that long. And, but even since my hike, I've been doing a lot of outreach. I've been giving presentations about my hike to try and get more people interested um, because nobody out there knows it even exists. So I'm, I'm trying to do what I can to get more people informed about it. And so far, that's, that's brought in quite a few people to at least you know, go out and at least try it for themselves, go for a day hike or something, which has been great. Um, but, yeah, my official capacity uh, has come from the National Park Service side of things, which they're the ones that do most of the planning. They kind of figure out where the trail is going to go. And then the nonprofit coordinates more or less the volunteers, and they go out there and actually build it. Um, so actually what I, I ended up doing is after the hike, um, I got hired to do it's, – it's, it's called the Optimal Location Review. It's essentially a route study. Okay. Um, they sent me out to western Minnesota, which is where one of the, the biggest gaps in the trail currently is, where there's 90 miles with no trail, it's all on roads. So they essentially sent me out there. I, I lived in Fargo for 14 months, and they said, Whoa. go out there and find the best possible route for the trail off-road, and we'll start building it. So 
So I spent 14 months out there taking inventory of all the cool spots in the area uh, and then trying to string together a couple routes as best we could. So I came up with four alternatives. And this past summer, the Park Service kind of picked the one they thought was best. And so um, soon, the local group in that area will start building this new trail that as of, as of now does not really exist yet. And then so I ended up doing the same thing when I transferred to Michigan. I did the same thing on a much smaller scale, uh, working on about 15-mile gaps because it's kind of around the lower Michigan area where the headquarters is and it's also the halfway point of the trail. So um, you dealt with crazy mosquitoes. You waded through two feet of water for three days. And you spent 14 months in Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, actually, Fargo, I was really impressed with. I, I was kind of dreading moving there because I heard bad things about it. Yeah. But about, about, after about two weeks living there, I just fell, I fell absolutely in love with it. Oh, cool. So it's a really friendly town. I felt really safe. It's really clean. There's lots of green space there. So there's plenty of bike trails to hike on. And, and the, uh, the trail is only about 30 miles south of there. So 40-minute drive, I could be on the North Country Trail. So it was nice and close. Oh, that's pretty slick. And yeah, it's it's a great place to live. And, and real quickly, but I meant to ask you this earlier: if folks are folks that are looking to do some either a section hike or a long hike on the NCT, like what what are some good resources out there? Either a websites or, or map resources. Like, what would you recommend to someone who's through hike this trail? Uh, sure. Well, um, first off, I mentioned that anybody that wants to ask me questions, they can. Um, my email is posted all over the place. It's striderMCT uh, <laughs> at Gmail. So if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. I'd Wait a minute. Say that, anyway. a- say that again. P.O.D. laughed over that when you were saying Sorry. your email. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's uh, striderNCT at gmail.com. Got it. That's my primary email address for trail stuff. So feel free to drop me a line if you're interested in finding out more. Um, the best place online to go is uh, the NCTA does have their own site. And that's northcountrytrail.org, and that's where you go. You can order the maps. So they, they, they do print their own map series that, ha- that covers pretty much the whole trail except for the longer gaps. Um, but they also do have this really useful tool, which is they have an online map that's overlaid onto, I think it's Bing, and you can actually trace the entire trail, and it changes. Um, every time the new trail gets added, they update it. Wow. And so okay. that one, you can't really, it's not really good for a through hike, but if you're going out there for a day hike, you can actually just like print off the pages that you need and take them out with you. But it's a good place to get started as far as planning goes. You can go and check that out. There's a tab on the site that says um, maps and trail data. That's what, what you click on, and the, the Bing map will pop up. It has the whole trail on it. You can trace it. And also, they do have a pretty big presence on Facebook. Um, they have a Facebook page, which is just uh, facebook.com slash northcountrytrail. And they, they have postings every, every few days. There's often contests for, like, photos where you can win a T-shirt or a membership or something like that. So they're really active on there. And some of the states actually have their own page where it's very specific, like uh, Minnesota and North Dakota both have their own page on Facebook. So only events taking place within those states are posted. So if you live in one of those states, it's really useful to you know, kind of get on that and kind of see what's going on in your area locally. All right. I got, that's, that's a lot of great info. And, and I'll just say before we let you go, is there anything else about the North Country Trail that you want our listeners to know about? Um, yeah, there are a few things, actually. Um, so I'm not sure if this is a fact, but I've heard from people in the past, uh, particularly on White Blaze, that a lot of people do not think they want to hike it because of the long road walks. And that's actually not really the case. I think there's a lot of misconception about that. Um, kind of what I said earlier, there's only three days I can think of where the entire day was on a road. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the road walks really are not a huge deal. And they kind of add something different to the trail because road walks is where you meet people. That's where trail magic tends to happen. Um, that's where all the towns are on is if you're walking on a road. So, I mean, lots of cool stuff can happen. Actually, most of the roads are not major roads. Most of them are like gravel 
old, lightly traveled paved roads, and a lot of them are actually pretty scenic. And that generally tends to be what they kind of route the roadblocks on is either a really scenic route or one that's less traveled to avoid, you know, heavy traffic, which is a hazard to hikers. Yeah. Um, so then that, I think, is kind of the biggest misconception about the trails. People freak out about the roadblocks, but it's really not a huge issue. If you're going eastbound, the biggest ones are gone in the first couple of weeks, and then it's pretty much just small chunks here and there. Um, and also, it's, a very, it's very diverse, I think, compared to a lot of the other trails, and I can't really speak for that because I haven't hiked any of the other ones. This is my only one so far, but just based on first impressions, um, it's the only one that doesn't follow like a very specific landform um, versus like all the Triple Crown ones, you follow a very specific feature. Um, sure. Whereas this one, it just kind of strings together the best that the Midwest and kind of the Northeast have to offer. And so it's a very different experience, and it goes through about eight different kinds of landscapes, including like the Tallgrass Prairie, the North Woods, um, agricultural areas, even some big cities. Like it goes right through Battle Creek, Michigan, and Dayton, Ohio, which are by far the biggest ones on the trail. Um, it goes through Pennsylvania with all the boulders and stuff, and then it finishes in the mountains on the east end. So it's a very, very different experience. And there are, I met lots of amazing people, lots of trail angels. So I definitely, if anybody wants to get off of the Triple Crown, I definitely recommend giving the North Country a try. It's definitely doable, and there's a lot more information out there now than when I initially started planning this thing. So there's information is readily available. You just got to know where to ask for it. Okay. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I highly recommend it for sure. And uh, Strider, I'll just say thanks so much for coming on the show tonight and educating our listeners about the North Country Trail. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to do it. And um, yeah, I guess I'll just I'll leave off where I do have a, uh, a site that I had up. Okay. If you go to striderntt.com, I have all my journals are posted there. And I'm, I'm actually working on, there will be a book coming out soon. I'm not sure Ooh. what the frame is, but I sent it out to a publisher a month ago. I haven't heard back yet. Um, but fingers crossed, uh, within a year or so, there will actually be a book you can kind of follow. So basically, the rough draft of what the book is going to be is on there, um, and also all my photographs are posted on there. So if you want to kind of take a, take a glance and see exactly what I saw, you can go, you can go there, and I have tabs for everything. Um, so yeah, definitely recommend checking it out at stridernct.com. Very cool. Thank you so much, Strider. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll, sure. have to, Thank you. we'll post your website on our Facebook page for sure. Oh, That'd be amazing. All right, man. Well, have a good evening, and um, we'll see you out there on the trail. Will do. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. Wow, that's cool. I had no idea. I didn't either. Man, it sounds like it's more challenging, because I'd heard that whole roadwalk thing myself. It was a lot of roadwalking, but maybe not as much as what It sounds like the challenges are different. Like the mosquitoes. When we were up in the UP in August, they were no joke, and that was in August. Like, that was the end of the season, <laughs> and it was insane. Yeah. I, I wonder it might be better to do, say, two, three-month sections in the fall. Yeah. 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 Get, get the best weather yeah. in two yeah. years, you know. I mean, doing a through-hike is pretty amazing, but if you want optimal weather, I almost wonder if well, right. and two that section whole, hikes. that whole swath of terrain, the fall colors, I oh, mean, gorgeous. I mean, UP of Michigan. I hear the Porkies in the fall. Are just, the Porkies. The Porkies. Are just phenomenal. Yeah. It was a great trilogy, too, if you haven't seen. Those. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also just wanted to quickly mention before we go to break, our uh, good friend Ranger Kalkel sent us a copy of, it's called The North Country Trail. It's a book by Ron Strickland in association with the North Country mm. Trail Association. Very famous man in trail circles. It is. The subtitle is The Best Walks, Hikes, and Backpacking Trips on America's Longest National Scenic Trail. 
Um, I'm sure you can grab it um, either at the North Country Trail Association's website or on Amazon or wherever it is you get your hiking books. But it's got photos, maps, and uh, I don't think it covers the entire trail, just the highlights. Cool. All right. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to get into trips, and we're going to talk to MacGyver about what it is to stand atop all of Colorado's 14,000-foot mountains. Grab a brew. The trail show is back. And we're back. What are we drinking at the moment, people? Well, what? we added to the mix the uh, the Roush beer. Roush. Which was featured on the show we did in Utah. Yeah, it was from Angus McBruinstein. Angus McBee. I mean, this bottle's not, but yep. that's where that, we first had it. That style. I just love the Roush style beer. It makes me want to be in a German beer hall having pork and potatoes and cabbage and hearing some drunken Germans sing their football songs. And <laughs> right. like, I've been in a German. That's what they do. And it just brings back this nice hearty meal. Mm-hmm. Then you realize you're having pork and potatoes and sauces for the next two weeks, but that's another story. Yeah. It's campfire in a cup. There you go. What do you think, Mac G? Yeah, what do you think of the Roush beer? I think it's pretty good. I mean, I could, I could definitely, uh, I would drink it around a campfire. I'd drink yeah, it right. Amongst friends in a small room. I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking, if you drank like six of those, though, Ooh, no, that'd be no. rough. I'm thinking one of those. Yeah, it, it's meant to be sipped over a meal or amongst friends and camp chairs in an empty. Yeah, spare but that's bedroom. a lot of beers that we drink more than one of. You know, just sure. Saying. It's yeah. true. Just saying. But yeah, Ugh. and I'm still working on this grapefruit I, IPA. We haven't even broken into the farmhouse ale, have yes, we? Yes, it's gone. What? It's gone. <laughs> are you are you kidding me? No, we drank it. The three of us drank it because they didn't want the IPA. What? So. What? Yeah. I'm, oh man, I'm I might shed a tear. We have this. Um, I'll tell you what. Tomorrow, so Disco and I are uh, D- Disco and I are leaving. We let the cat out of the bag a while ago. Tomorrow, when we officially become homeless, you and I go down and we get. We get a farmhouse at Strange Brewery. At the brewery? Yeah. I like the sound of that. Are you going to be at the street corner begging for change since you're homeless? No, we're going to be celebrating, signs. man. Yeah. Flying signs, man. Okay. All right, let's talk about some trips. So, yes. um You know what? I did go on a trip. I forgot. How could I forget? How could you? Start us off. Uh, I went up to Crested Butte. Mm. And I had a great time. I, I skipped out of work early, and I drove like a crazy person. And I got there at about a little before four. And Kiki and I went and hiked halfway up to Blue Lake. And then the next day, no, I'm sorry, to Green Lake. The next day, she and I got up and, and did an out and back to Green Lake, to Blue Lake, which is in the uh, Obi Joyful area, if you're familiar with Crested Butte. It was about a 14-mile round trip hike, and it was really beautiful. And uh, it was great to be back in Crested Butte. I got to see... Uh, Kiki and I didn't see T-Dub, but I saw her a little bit ago, and it was, it was past prime for fall. It was colors, past prime, right? but it was still just it was wonderful. Yeah, it was really crisp and just great to be up up high again. Yeah, so that's what I did. 
We also went to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I didn't oh, do yeah. any hiking, per se, but I did do some trail maintenance. And I, I saw that. I, yes. I tried to do a, a late, last-minute Mags Challenge entry, but it was... Too late. I think you're disqualified because... Because <laughs> I'm on the show? Yeah. <laughs> and so trail show swag would be quite the same for you. Yeah, that's a good point. But it's really cool because I got, I got this deal going now. Every time I go to P.O.D.'s house, her dad lets me run his chainsaw. And he's always got... Various dead trees laying around that he, you know, he wants they to live, cut up. Like, they live way out in the woods. They do. They live in the in, sticks. In Michigan. In Michigan. Yeah. And, oh. and they do have, so after I hiked the AT and O2, we, we've had these woods. I grew up in the woods. There's woods all around the house. They've always been there. We've always Ten played acres, in them. Yeah. Your dad's told me. Wow. But after I did the AT, my dad was inspired and he actually built a trail through the woods. He actually removed some trees and some stumps and... He put little blazes on the trees, and yeah, yeah it was really wow. cute. He built some bogs. He built some boardwalks some over bog walks, box. not bogs, but boardwalks to wow. go through the mucky areas. And there's a tire swing, and it goes out to the pond, and there's a little dock. And it's, it's the really HT, cool. the, the, the Hermosillo Trail. Hermosillo yeah. <laughs> Trail. I like to call it the Manny Trail because my dad's name is Manuel. Manuel. Ah, so yeah, disco. So it's sorry, MT. I stole your thunder, but I wanted to explain why it was considered trail work. Well, no. Because so there's an actual trail. That's all I can speak to for trips. How about you, Mags? Did you do anything this past month? I did two very memorable trips. The first one is actually kind of a callback to when we did the Great Plains Trail as a trail of the month. I remember Steve Myers recommended the Agate Fossil Beds. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so my wife is a huge you know, fossil hound and gems and minerals, so I promised a trip there. We actually went there. And um, that is just, it's just a really pretty place. And the way I describe this area, Agate Fossil Beds is in a county of 2,000 square miles. That's 1,500 people. Ooh. You take 2,000 square miles here along the Front Range, it's roughly a million people. So, so that area, like, do, are there just like gems and minerals and stuff just well, laying around? The reason why they call it the Fossil Beds, I didn't realize this, is that they found a lot of what they call, um, my wife knows this better than me, Mycenaean era fossils, Ice Age era fossils. Okay. So mammal fossils, including some of the ancestors of the horse, where they migrated over the land bridge, mm. as we discussed there. So pretty much Denver, the Smithsonian took all those fossils, <laughs> put them in their okay. collection. Okay. So there's not many fossils left there now. Okay. Um, that's why they call the fossil beds. There's a few fossils here and there. My wife actually found one, and being the diligent person she is, she actually put it back. Um, but they. I ha- was curious. You put it back. You don't turn it in. You leave it correct it okay. because there's these two main buttes where they did most of the fossil digging. Okay, and they have some nice dioramas and some recreations, but they have an amazing museum there. So much history happened in that area from the Plains Indians, and they have uh, Red Cloud, who is a very, who's like the counselor and a, a great warrior in his own right, the Crazy Horse. Hmm. So you have all this Western history that took place there, and they have hmm. this incredible museum, including the very sh- surety war for the Laramie Treaty, which I won't bore people too, too much. Late. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> the, it's if it's what gave protection um, to the pioneers along the Oregon Trail, which didn't happen too far from there. But we went to we camped just north of there in the Pine Ridge, which is an escarpment, and you think the plains, but this area has canyons and cottonwoods and lush trees, and again, there's less than fifteen hundred people in this county. Had one of the most amazing night skies I've ever seen. We saw bighorns there. Oh, cool. Oh, Bighorns wow. are native to that area. They're reintroduced in the early 80s, but they are native to that area. We saw elk, and there's um, it was just an amazingly beautiful place. Nice. And we went to the Tolstoy Geological Area, which is kind of the southern extension of the Badlands. 
they're considered badlands, just not the Badlands National Park, but that same kind of interesting geological formation. Just a really cool place. And you see uh, ancient rhinoceros fossil tracks. and uh, It was just a um, very, very cool wilderness-like area, and hardly anyone's there. Nice. Again, you take 2,000 square miles here in the Front Range, you have a million people. The largest town, I use the word very loosely, it's a county seat. It's the only town in that county. has 1,200 people, and they had a sign approaching it. It said, um, oh, what's the name of that town? I want to say Harrison, Harrisville, next four exits. Yeah, it's kind of a joke. And it was two streets, one stop sign. That was the town. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And everything else is ranch land. I went locally, though, a couple weekends ago to a, a peak I will not name. It's off trail to get to it. And you open the register. Um, it had two years' worth of registry entries on two pages. Yeah. Wow. and Local, really? Yeah, Lost Creek Wilderness. Okay. Mm. And it wasn't that far, less than an hour drive. You know what you want I'm talking about? He knows. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with Lost Creek, yes. Okay. And it's part of, it's like the bi- same type of topography as Bison and McCurdy, which is two very well-known peaks in Lost Creek Wilderness. And um, it was just amazing. It's all off-trail to get there, as I said. It's not super hard, but you need some map and compass skills. And again, what it makes it really amazing, you open up the register, and there's two years' worth of entries on two pages. You know what? My very first hike in Lost Creek Wilderness was an overnight two bison and McCurdy with POD and MacGyver. Okay. I, All right, big oops. That was a good hike. I, a good lo- hike. I love that area. Just the rock formation with those red rocks. And it is, yeah. It's pretty cool. You know, it's not as you know, glamorous as the higher peaks here in Colorado. I think it's really pretty in its own right. And, uh, yeah, Any the, snow up there? No, there was no, because I went the weekend before. Not this past weekend, week before. I got you. Was that really warm? It was like the last fall weekend. There's still some color with the yeah. aspens. And the last person signed the register did it in late June of this year. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, I'll, I'll talk to you uh, off the show about that peak. Off yes, the air. Yeah, absolutely. Not, I'm not, it's pretty easy to figure out if you can read a map, but I'm not going to give breadcrumbs to it, if you will. Uh, Max, can you please post your GPS track? Absolutely. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna get my backcountry navigator up. I'm gonna <laughs> download the GPX coordinates <laughs> and then send it to Gut Hook. That's right. We're gonna make the Lost Creek Wilderness Gut Hook app. <laughs> no, I like it. All, All right, right. Mac G. We, we got to talk to MacGyver. Now, yes, I know you've done trips this last month because you do trips. You, you, Mags, you wouldn't know this, man, but this guy rivals you in the amount of like weekend trips. Somebody it's not rivalry. It's just enjoying the outdoors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Enjoying nature. But I, I want to specifically talk to you about the 14ers because you just recently finished um, completing all 58? 58, yes. 58. Yeah, and, September. And you finished with Crestone and Crestone Needle. Is that right? Crestone Peak and Crestone Needle. Wow. Yeah. Did, did the uh, Traverse to finish it off. You, you saved the grant. You saved the hardest part for last. It was amazing. Absolutely yeah, that, amazing. that is cool. It yeah. looked so fantastic. We, we might even... Are, are those pictures you have up on your Google Plus account, are they open to the public or no? They should be. Most of my uh, 14er pictures, are, I okay. think all of them are open to the public. Yes. We might post a link if, uh, if you would allow us. Sure, not a problem. Okay, so what I want to talk to you about is, you know, so you finished with Cresto Needle. How did you start, and, and did you start with the intent of doing them all? And if not, like at what point did you decide, uh, I might do them all? started off when I moved out to Colorado from North Carolina and after hiking the Appalachian Trail. With me. So that was, what, <laughs> 10 years ago? I take credit. 10 years ago, yeah. I moved out about 10 years ago. And um, I figured that uh, I had not had any, I'd never been to Colorado, and I figured that uh, I would give it a shot. Didn't know anything about altitude. Ooh. Um, <laughs> 
you know, I had my jeans on when I was hiking up. Oh, yes! yes. Texas Gore-Tex. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You never heard that? No, I like it though. Texas so, Cortex, you know, because I was figuring a day hike is a day hike, so I can just you know use my jeans, and that was you know that was uh, one of the warmer pieces of clothing that I had because it was the August range, which out east is really really warm. Hmm. And uh, so I uh, <laughs> was this late or early August? It was it was mid August. Oh, you just in time for the cusp of fall. Go on. Yeah. yeah. So you know, so so leave, leaving in the morning, you know, you you're leaving in uh, in jeans and a short, you know, short sleeve shirt and yeah. Um. So I did it uh, and um, it didn't didn't go so well. Got a little bit of altitude sickness. Ooh. Uh, but I continued on. Um, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I just thought I was out of shape. Yeah. And um. Even though when I went up, I thought I was in shape, but um, came down, did you know, did another one uh, a few weeks later, and did a little bit better, and hmm. thought that that might be it. Um, and uh, over the next few summers, I did one. Yeah. One summer did none. Another summer, and then uh, started getting out and exploring different parts of Colorado. And uh, finally, uh, once I got into the uh, southwest area, the San Juan Mountains, and started doing. Uh, week-long trips of three, four, five, six mountains at a time. Got up into the, the 30, 30 range. I figured that uh, was probably a yeah. reachable goal. So. so so, I guess so like when you realized you were, you'd actually like ticked off over half the 14ers, it sort of dawned on you like, hey, I could probably just do them all at some point. I could, yeah. That's, that's what I thought. And then I looked at the ones that I had remaining, and those were the ones that I was avoiding, thinking that I would never do couple of the peaks, the Maroon Bells, when we were, the three of us were doing the four-pass loop. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, is a very popular trail right now. It's I, amazing. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, walking by there thinking, that like, I'll never do those. That's you'll, you'll know, no way you're going to find me on top of those peaks. Um, you so went up there. Went up there, yeah. Did uh, did South Maroon one, one day and did North Maroon the next day. Jeez. And um, as opposed to doing the Traverse. But... Um, the traverse is a really tricky part on those ones, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's a, it's a class five. And, yeah. yeah. Lower it's end crowded. Of, isn't that the issue is that there's too many people up there or something? South Maroon gets a lot of a lot more traffic than North Maroon yeah. does hmm. uh, because it's uh, technically easier. Um, yeah. You know, not, not as steep, but uh, the trail's a little bit easier to follow. We had Janae Duat on, I don't know, over a year ago to talk about his 14ers through hike. I and, listened to that show. Yeah. And I asked him about that traverse between the Maroons, and I was like, was that the scariest part for you and he was like no he said actually i think it was like um it was like, the photo you posted where you had to go over it four times yeah what was that ridge that oh, kni- the knife edge on capital yes. yes really okay yes I, I, okay yeah He's, that he said I actually went over that four times yeah that was yeah now was, why why did you go over it four <laughs> times what what happened so uh going up there um my uh my friend uh, dave and i we had crossed it we were starting to go up uh the uh the last Pitch, the final the last, push. Yeah, the, the last few hundred feet. And uh, we saw dark clouds rolling in. It just came out of nowhere, as they do in the Colorado mountains, as everyone's aware. Sure. And um, so we stopped for about uh, five, ten minutes, made a decision. Maybe we should go back across the knife edge in case anything blows up. And uh, we went back across, waited to, you know, waited to see where the storm went. We saw the clouds splitting. And um, we finally uh, decided, well, once it started to open up, we'll go back across. Mm-hmm. And and do it. So we went across. We came back. We went back across. We oh went up, gosh. and then we came back. <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> you know, by by the fourth time, it was it was like old hat. Yeah, it was yeah. old hat, man. You yeah, know, <laughs> you could do it blindfolded. We did, yeah. Just you know, just skip across. <laughs> and how many? Remind me how many? How much elevation gain total for all fifty-eight? Oh, uh, I think it was about one hundred eighty-six thousand feet. Yeah, that's it. Oh, I, sir, I, did, I did keep a, a, you would appreciate this, Max, a, a nerdy spreadsheet of uh, all the miles, all the miles I hiked with, el- you know, with the different people, the elevation, wow. the hours. Yeah. So Wow. And I, I got to look at that spreadsheet, and I noticed, like, uh, you know, over the 10-year period, like, the last three years in particular, you you could tell, like, this man's on a mission. He's just, he, well, he's like, bam. And I think you were a lot really choosy about who you went with these past few years. All right, haven't you, man? I was yeah. There was um, really only four people that I would hike those mountains with. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. You get used to a certain trip partner. You have a similar and compatible style, certain athletic ability. You just don't want to put up with. Well, and the other thing is that when you when, once you make this your goal, it'd be like getting to Washington and then being like, oh sure, you guys can come join me and hike the last month with me. Even though you guys aren't in shape, or you know, oh, you know yeah. what I mean. It's just like, oh yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and if anybody that's done a, a long distance hike knows, uh, you know, there's you have to get used to the person you're hiking with. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. I'm still not used to my hiking partner. What? Uh, just kidding. Hi, All right. honey. Well, on that note. Hi, honey. Uh, send your applications to. On that note, it's tip of the month, and this is going to be a good segue because. Our good friend MacGyver here, having hiked all those 14ers, he kind of he kind of figured out something that that worked a little better for him that he didn't even know about when he started. And apparently, old people are into it. So, with that, <laughs> MacGyver, what, what's your trail tip? Compressions. All so, right. um, what is what explain are, that? Yeah, sir, what yeah, are compressions? So, uh, you know, after uh, I didn't really know about compressions, and you know, watching uh, NBA games, NFL games, and I was wondering, you know, what's that? What are they wearing on their legs? What are they wearing on their arms? Um, and I, you know, so I started doing a little research at it, and I was noticing, you know, my my uh, my calves and my quads were pretty fatigued after hiking, you know, fourteen thousand foot peaks, which yep. I figure is probably normal, but I figured I'd give something a try. And uh, so I went on Amazon and picked up uh, picked up a pair of uh, sport compressions and you know for your legs for my leg for my calves yes for the calves for so the calves yeah ankle it goes you know ankles up to knees so it's, okay. a, it's a full lower leg compression and um, and I've found that those things uh, absolutely reduced the fatigue and I felt absolutely no fatigue on my, in my calves and uh, so it's not just fashion is what you're telling me man you're telling no, me this this actually look good feel good it look oh you know where it seriously comes from it comes to the diabetic socks because diet people diabetes have poor circulation so people were kind of dirt no i'm serious does it increase circulation then it does yeah and that's wow. what oh so, that so what happened was there you know it's one thing to if you're like my grandmother, who made wonderful ravioli, but suffered from diabetes. Ravioli, and she wore them. It's but they're a different material than athletic versions, which are, I imagine are more rugged. Yes, and such. So yeah. they took the same concept because they noticed a lot of runners are using these, and people are like they don't last as long. So they decided making purpose built for running and hiking and other athletic activities. I do, yeah, and uh, you know, besides a fashion statement on the trail, you. Uh, <laughs> You got to wear your truck yeah, hat, man. Pe- pe- yeah, people will look at you, and my uh, my hiking partner or partners um, give me a, a rough time about it. You really, know? I feel like I've seen compression socks a lot when I've been out hiking in Colorado recently, Spe- especially with trail yeah. runners in the past three, yeah, or four exactly. seasons. I feel like the I see. 
I feel like if I go out on a hike that is somewhat popular, I always see people wearing compression socks. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I, you're I, you're yeah. a trendsetter, man. I, I is what am, I'm saying. Know? And and you know, trends. You know, when when they first start, you know, people will make fun of you. you know, so. Oh yeah, I remember in 2000 on the JMT, I had hiking poles, <gasps> and I know, and people. Oh I, man, I, people were like, "Do those have? Why? What do you have those sticks for?" And you it's like, tell them they were guns. Yeah, no, I just I would always just say <laughs> four legs are better than two, and you'd see the wheels kind of turning, and now people don't. Blink if they see someone with hiking poles. So when I did the long trail the second time it was ninety nine. I had um, use you know hiking um, ski poles, but people made the same joke. Oh, the nearest snows in Canada. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe five years from now, people won't blink an eye when they see compressions on people's legs. I think P- maybe depends where you are, as Pod said. But I think a lot of people, are, no, a sizable minority, are used to them already. I would think at least the concept of them. And you know, I've hiked with and without them. You know, I was. Um, um, a couple weeks ago, I was out in the Mount Zirkel Wilderness. The Zirks. Zirkle, yeah, very beautiful place. And, um, you know, I did not wear them, and it was only only about 2,000 foot of gain. But uh, I could tell, you know, I could definitely tell not wearing them, you know, my uh, so So would you say calves were pumping. it gives you a competitive advantage if you wear these? Absolutely. Oh. All right. Well, I tell you what, you sold me on them enough that I actually – ordered the same pair you did i'm gonna i'm gonna put them through the test down in new zealand and i'm gonna give you a full report when i get back and i might be ended up you know hooked on them by the end i don't know alan iverson you know i'm AI, serious baby. after hearing this i never just i might give him a whirl yeah do it mags do I'm it do it, it. Let me know. all right let me know if I'm not crazy. My, my hairy but shapely legs with compression socks there, there you go i like it all right i tell you what we're gonna take a quick break when we get back we've got a little mags media musing some mailbags and at some point, we might even Skype in a... Expected father? Yeah, an yeah. expected father when we get back. Gang, it's Connor Shreve from the Brewski Reviewski podcast, and I don't listen to the Trail Show. <laughs> Just like MacGyver. Today's episode of the Trail Show is brought to you by the creators of Gut Hooks Guides. Gut Hooks Guides are your premier go-to hiking trail guides for iPhone and Android, with apps for the Appalachian Trail, Pacific Crest Trail, Continental Divide Trail, and many more. The apps are made by three PCT through hikers: Gut Hook, Tangent, and Holstein who not only love hiking but love programming, making useful tools for hikers and supporting trail organizations. They've worked with Arizona Trail Association, Colorado Trail Foundation, Appalachian Trail Conservancy, and Florida Hikes, just to name a few, to create the best smartphone guides out there for hikers. Whether you're a hiker on a trail organization thinking about creating your own app, check out Gut Hooks Guides at guthookhikes.com or in the iTunes App Store and the Google Play Store. Very nice. We're going to check in with the expectant father. I think we can get him on uh, on Skype. So let's give him a call. I'm going to eat popcorn while we're doing that. Yeah, we're going to see if uh, see if he's a new father again. The father of the child, that is, to be determined. To be, do they know the sex? They do. They weren't supposed to tell anyone, but they told. 
Uh, well, don't tell. We'll, well, we'll the, let... the baby will be out by the time this show comes out. It's a boy. There we go. Oh, should I put that out there? Play a prank on everybody. Knows. Ooh, we should bleep that part out. Hey, Mike. This is Pox Holiday and Puss and Boots from the Pox and Puss Podcast. How are you? I'm well, thanks, guys. I wasn't expecting a call from you tonight. Am is I it, on the air? Is this D dash low or is this D-low. just D low? This is D dash low. Wait. Oh, uh, it's a t- talk to us, man. What's the deal? Are you uh, a father of two now? No. What? No. What's what's going on? We still don't have a new baby. Okay. What hey, are it? you guys recording this? Yes. You're on the air. I'm on the air. You're on the air right now. That's right. Can I swear? Oh, sure. We'll just bleep it. Okay. D-Lo, I mean, some popcorn, but are you guys a little nervous knowing that um, Mags, your doula, is recording with us here in studio and is 45 minutes away in case Wendy goes into labor? <laughs> Mags is my doula. Thank God Mags is not. <laughs> How dare you? What do you mean? <laughs> I took a basic oh, EMT class back in the day. The certs have expired like a decade ago. But. <laughs> no, but doulas don't have to do any of that stuff. They're just like, you know, mind readers or something. They work on your yeah, aura well, or something. Yeah, there'll be no doula. We don't have a doula. I am, I am the doula. Uh, and basically, I have lots of instructions written down. I have lots of things ready to go. Um, Do you have a bag by the door? There's a bag in a closet. There's bags by the door. There's Yeah, I got bags. I got bags. You got, ba- you got a lot of baggage, too. How's Leo yep. doing? Is he excited to get a new little brother? No, Leo's kind of uh, indifferent. Now, wait a minute. You just said brother. D'Lo, do we know the sex of child number two? No, we don't. Yes, okay. you do. What, the baby what? will be out by the time the show goes live, dude. Come on. Don't try to keep it a secret. No, we do not know the sex of it's the It's a child. boy. We're not really sure. Okay. I posted it on Facebook tonight. I hope that's cool. Oh! <laughs> D'Lo, you can send hate mail to pod at bobcathikes.org. I, I already do that. <laughs> well... Since we got you yep. on the line, are you up for Ask a Hiker? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Why? Wow. <laughs> I don't, don't want to put you out or anything. You know, The enthusiasm. Well, you already have. You already have. <laughs> okay, okay. How's that? How do we put you out? Well, because I'm sitting here not talking on the phone about to read my questions. <laughs> okay, should we get started, guys? Yeah, let's do. Better you than me. I have some really exciting questions to read tonight. All right, let me cue up the music here. You're not okay. going to be able to hear the music, but I'm going to cue it up anyway. All right, let's go. Okay, question number one is from Gilad Nachmani. That's quite a name. And I think, yeah, and I, I, I'm not sure what kind of name that is. It's an interesting name. Gilad Nachmani writes via email, Hi, Trail Show team. I have been listening to you for the last couple of months. Yes, I too went back to the start and caught up. And have been really enjoying the show, especially seeing how it developed over time. Did you hear Mainly that, MacGyver? Do you hear what he's reading? This is a listener that's actually listened to more than one show. Anyway, yeah. keep going. Please, Dilo, continue the trail show. A couple of things I have for you. Following Justin Knowles' comment about trails in the UK, I think the one for you to look into will be the Cape Wrath Trail. It's actually a route. 250-ish miles of the Scottish Highlands, considered the toughest route in the UK. Whoa. as far isolated and enjoys the worst weather you can find in the British, British Isles. What can be bad? I walked it last May, and I skipped a couple of 10-mile segments, so I'm planning to try to do it again in the coming spring. But quicker, 8 days this time, not 11. Anyone want to join? This is the actual question. 
I'll be moving to Oregon with my young family next summer, and I'd like to know if there are any good, challenging, yet short trails up to 250 miles in Oregon that you would recommend. I'm like Dilo. I have a family, so a week or two will be all I can get. And like him, I'm not a people person, but I do walk fast, mag style. I love a good challenge. I'm just not mean like POD. I also climb. Wow. <laughs> I think you may I have added climb. that. <laughs> I also climb. So some scrambling, what you call grade four to five, is just fine. Thank you, and keep on the great show. P.S. When I move to Oregon, I will send some of my homebrew for you to enjoy. Ooh. Can't promise it's good, but at least it's one of a kind. Gilad Nachmani. Very nice. Why? Well, you know, right. you could he could hike any section of the PCT, long or short, in well, Oregon. What about the uh, the All Good Trail? I would say the Bigfoot Trail, a callback to Ooh. Miss Larufa, and of course our fifth chair did it together. No, that's not the Bigfoot Trail. The Bigfoot Trail. Oh is yeah, you're right. I'm getting mixed up. It was. It's called the Chinook. Chinook. Oh, yeah. the, Chinook the Chinook Trail. That's right. Boom. Chinook Trail done. There it is. That's your answer, Gilead. Boom, bam. And there's also the Timberline Trail, the Oregon Coast Trail. What about trail. the Oregon Desert Trail? Or the ODT, man. Former uh, the Trail Oregon. of the Month. How he should, is he that? should uh, email Tomato Beauchard about that. He's got some good stories. What about the Bend Taco Trail? Oh, now that, that trail, we need a, to get a lot more information on the trail. A, a listener sent us a postcard a month or two ago that just made us aware of this Bend Taco Trail. And I, I don't know... If if it actually features Mexican food or maybe something else, POD, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Ben Taco Trail, the BTT. Yep. So those those are some of our suggestions. It sounds like there are many opportunities in Oregon for a one to two week hike, whether it be a section of the PCT, a section of the Oregon Desert Trail. I I don't really know anything about the Oregon Coast Trail myself. The OCT the Timberland Trail, yeah. Yeah, man, you you gotta hike the OCT. Actually, it's uh, it's pretty, it's lengthy. It's so yeah. uh, maybe maybe that's a good trail to feature on a future show. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say OCT? How can I explain it? I take it frame by frame. It. What? <laughs> what you say? Dude, I just spoon fed you some lyrics, man. Please, yeah. break C-T, break it down. I take it frame by frame. It. Naughty by o nature. And C is for coast. T is for trail. All right, Dilo, please, back on Question track, man. Number Question number two. two. Mike Catnip Rankin writes via email. Hey, folks, a question for all that might start some discussion. Ooh. This spring and summer, I'm planning to hike a route getting the GET and then connecting north across the great state of Colorado. In my initial research, there seems to be a multitude of options, CDT routes, continental tour. Uh, Colorado Trail, etc. I was wondering, if you guys were to plan a south-north route across your state, which trails would you use? Hopefully to catch the most primo stuff. I'm happy to hitch Roadwalk some connections if there are good trails to get on. Thanks for all you do. Mike Catnip Rankin. P.S. How early would you feel happy starting in the San Juans? I'm glad to kickstep and do some post-holing, but nothing too crazy. We should let MacGyver speak to that. It, it depends on the year, you know. Um, yeah. There's been there was one year where I was out there in uh, late ju- late June, and it was fine. It was a low snow year. Yeah. The next year, couldn't get out there until almost the end of July. So, so basically, catnip and, has to and, check the weather. Yeah, yeah and, on top of it. And the uh, the typical monsoon season starts around the uh, the the beginning of July as well. 
Jeez, that's a and it's, uh, small it's, it's, window. Yeah, and uh, so it, it. I mean, the rain. The rain comes down, and it comes down good. But more that's importantly, dangerous. the thunder and lightning. Yeah. yeah. But I would say I think the CET through Southern Colorado is really amazing. South I mean, San Juan Wilderness. Yeah, it's incredible up there, but it is very large stretches, long stretches above tree line. So you really have to yep. be dialed into your maps. You got to be getting that alpine start and knowing where your bailout points are. And or late summer, early fall, yeah, or fall. Even. Sure. I mean that you know if you want. But the other thing is, I I would just submit. I think that there are people that enjoy hiking in snow and and that kind of terrain. Uh, I'm not one of those people because I th- I think the the San Juans they're pretty steep, and the areas where the trails go. It I mean if you had to kick steps, just for me personally. That would be an added suffering that I don't want. Well, I was going to say this year, for example, in May, avalanche danger was extremely high. Yeah. So it really depends, as Mr. Mac G said here, all depends upon the snow mm-hmm. year. And so Disco and I, we did the Creed cutoff when we did the CDT. And then we went back the fall. We've been back a couple times and we've done uh, all of the sections that we skipped or did cutoffs for. But we did them in wildflower season. And oh. it was, it is. That part of Colorado is insane. It's so beautiful in wildflower season. Yeah. Gorgeous. But the so. afternoon thunderstorms can be doozies. That's right. There's always a trade-off, man. But to be fair, it's a two- or three-hour window. So if you read yeah, your maps, sure. hunker down lower. Then once the tea storms are over, you know, by mid to late afternoon, and go back up on you the know, ridge. And you, can al- you should always have plan B for if you, your hike gets cut short because you're weathering a storm from five, six hours or yeah. add... An extra days of food, worth of food or something. And the days are long, so hike to eight, nine at night. Yep. Being quite serious. So, so the, route, the route is simply the CDT. I mean, I think it's As hard to say. It's hard to say. But, I mean, I definitely think through southern Colorado, it's fantastic. I think get a good set of maps. You don't have – I think the CDT through southern Colorado, pff, no-brainer, absolutely. But when you get to northern, there's so many options. I mean, yeah, that's right. You can string together at the Raywas if you're feeling saucy yeah. and hike, hike into Wyoming. And, and also, I think the uh, the flat tops would be great to hit. Bingo! Up. So there's more than the CDT in Colorado yeah. for sure. We could spend a whole show just on playing alternate routes of northern Colorado. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So get some but good the CDT, topos. The CDT is a good is a good. Jumping good, off point. Good jumping off point. That's and if right. you really feel like getting extra creative, maybe you could figure out how to get from the CDT and the Sawatch over to the flat tops or something yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. And schlep across North Park to the Medicine Bow or something yeah, crazy. You know, that'd be so, awesome. Med bows. And this here, it, this and now I have one more. And this is not actually a question. This is an answer to what? last month's question number three. 42. Hey, D-Lo. I just listened to show 42. I have a couple of thoughts about helping younger girls pee in the woods from a dad's Ooh. perspective. Oh, here we go. First, there are two issues that they might have. Embarrassment of peeing in public and messiness. And if both are in play, wet pants may result. So take care of the messiness by taking along a foldable kitty potty. The potty part pops out to, to be left at the house or is a bag that you don't need to bring. Pack it in a backpack. When they need to go... Dig your hole and put the frame over it and go to it. This is great on day hikes because they are a bit funky for a pack full of other stuff. I've included some Amazon links to a couple that might work. I have also heard that Ikea sells some really nice ones. As for squatting messiness, my 10-year-old still has occasional problems with this. 
The best solution is to take off anything that might get hit and pee naked from the waist down. Neither of my daughters have mastered standing up, and I have no idea how to teach that. They also don't like <laughs> but have only tried it a couple times. I told them to try it out in the shower, but my wife isn't happy about shower pee. <laughs> <laughs> and that is an answer from listener Dan Carnegie to last month's question number three on show food. Wow, wow. wow that was cool. P.O.D., what do you think about those ideas? I think they're great ideas, and then and I think the the whole portable potty thing. Uh, that's that's what we call in the educational world a scaffold, meaning it's like it's a great way to help kids start getting used to the idea of peeing, and then the hope is that eventually you can take that away, and then they're still comfortable. And the dribble piece, I, I totally I totally get that. And the thing is, what men don't understand is that the urinating without a receptacle that you're sitting on is uh, it's a little trickier for women than men. And especially I think for little girls um, or even young girls, you know, because um, it's just not as intuitive, you know, your anatomy is so straightforward and just like, it's right there. It's real easy to, to manage. Boom. You know, we aim, we go. It's yeah, exactly. Good. It's like, I mean, it, it, it's only missing a scope really. I mean, that's just pretty much it. Um, and for women, there's, there's a lot more going on, you know, there's, there's all kinds of layers and, Ways the urine stream can get hung up on this side or that side. And if you're not exactly straight, if you're at all wobbly, then there it goes. It's down your leg. It's in your sock. And I think for, for younger girls, you know, that it's, it's a lot harder to master that. And then the whole pee and standing up thing, that's a whole nother level. And I think a lot of, you know, younger girls, that might be a little uncomfortable for them because you've got to be comfortable, you know, getting into your own parts there and getting up in your business to make it go straight. Business. So. But maybe that's a technique you wait until the girls are a little more comfortable with themselves to to try out. Hmm. So, yeah. What do you think, D'Lo? I think that sounds like a great way to teach young ladies to pee in the woods. What do you think about the scaffolding technique? Uh, I think it's overkill, personally. I think that squatting is how human beings are meant to defecate and urinate. And therefore, we should embrace the squatting. But fact, I think that's the point of the, of the porta potty seat well, is that fact, you're providing, you know, uh, you know a way yeah, for them to be like, sitting, oh, that's where I go. Sitting is unnatural. In fact, I've removed the toilets from my house. We no longer have toilets <laughs> no, in my house. That's not, that's not true. Sitting. And we all squat over the holes because that is the primal means that human beings use to God, defecate to and urinate. That's right, I like but the thing is, is that squatting with your <laughs> legs parallel or pooping with your legs parallel to the ground is unnatural. But if you dig a hole and just simply place a toilet seat on top of it, you're still in a squatting position. So your position is actually still natural. It's just that you're using the scaffold of a potty seat to help you psychologically with the process of pooping. You need to strengthen your th- your thighs. You don't need the crush do. of the I do. potty seat. No, I'm, and human beings in general need throng, stronger thighs so they can squat more. That's true, more and I pooping. think that that's a great soapbox to be on, but I think when you're the parent and you're having to clean feces and urine off your yeah, kids' clothes, well, that's you're why, like, that's well, why I have maybe I just get this why. little potty seat to help them start, <laughs> and then... That's why we've removed the toilets in our house, so <laughs> that we can all is squatting all year now, long. We don't need to go camping to squat and to be and to, you know get in touch with our primal selves. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are catching the theme here, but the theme is primal. 
The theme is primal defecation. <laughs> so <laughs> along those lines, along those lines, is, is Wendy going to be squatting while she gives birth? Like the olden days? Yeah, is there, a, is there, now, is there an outdoor swimming pool you guys set no, up no, for no, the no, underwater that's not, birth? That's not how they do it. That's not primal. <laughs> primal is the woman squats. And more than likely, you know, well, we won't go there. It's kind of Yeah. And so does the man when he poops. The man poops when but he squats. But what, what about the labor? I want to hear more about this primal birth that's going to yeah, happen at your house. Yeah, talk to us. Uh, I think it's going on upstairs right now. I might have to actually check out. But before <laughs> I check out and see how my wife is laboring, because um, yeah. I can't really stay for too much of that, because I actually got to meet up with Don Thanks Trump tonight. He's in Boulder. I'm not sure if you guys have heard. Oh, he is in Boulder tonight. Yeah, yeah, real, he was going to call into the show, but he couldn't make it. He had a presidential yeah, debate today. There's, what, about basically, 20 Republican candidates? Yeah. When Donald heard that I couldn't make it down to Wheat Ridge tonight. He decided to stay up in Boulder after the debate to the debate. So he and I uh he and I are gonna meet up in about a half hour here. So I probably should uh probably Check should sign out. off. What about, now what about the doula responsibilities that now that Mag's backed out on the doula responsibilities, who do you have a backup? Uh yeah, Carly uh what's her name? Fiorna. Fiorna? Yeah, yeah, Fiornia. She's gonna be our doula. She's also gonna <laughs> stick around wow. after tonight. That's a, uh, she's going to get on after the debate tonight. And she's going to be in town for a little while, so she's going to she's going to ride it out, man. She's going to be our doula um, if it happens within the next week. She, she'll be staying with us. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's pretty wild, man. Just how many ins I have with all these presidential candidates that are up here in Boulder tonight. It's it's fantastic. Well, maybe that's, we can get one like, to call oh. in on a future show, Max. Carson, he's a doctor. Yeah, Ben oh, Carson. Why yeah. not have Ben Carson? He's an eye doctor, but who cares? Medical he training. He and the Donald, man. He and the Donald don't get along too well. He rubs Carly the wrong way. Whoa, what is, now? Know. Hold on now. What does that mean? Ru- they oh, just, come on. They, they kind of butt heads. <laughs> they kind of butt heads. Okay. Well, Dilo, yeah. um, th- thanks for, for doing your Ask a Hiker segment via Skype tonight. We had much better audio than we did in Utah. That's right. And hey, can you well, tell us fantastic. about the beer that we're drinking tonight? Yeah, what's the beer uh, of the month? I have no idea, man. Well, you're, you're going to cry when you hear it. We're drinking Strange. <laughs> strange Brewery. We got a lot of strange. good beer tonight. Strange. Oh, I wish I could. I wish. Uh, that's too bad. Mm. We, yeah. we got the Breakfast that's Grapefruit IPA. We got the Farmhouse Ooh. Ale. We got the Cherry Creek. We've even got a Roush beer here, one of the smoke beers. And we got some Orion from Okinawa. Where is Strange Brew from? Denver, Denver. Brah. Oh, okay. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. You got to get haven't into seen it. it in my, haven't seen it in my local beer shop yet. Really? When, I, when I do, what do you like shop at Safeway or something for beer? <laughs> he buys Coors no, Light. I haven't seen everywhere. It. I haven't seen it. Huh. I haven't seen it in Boulder. When I do, I will buy it. Okay, dude. Thanks for uh, for skyping in with us tonight. We will. Uh, we wish you the best, you yep, and your good wife. Luck. Good luck on on Thank child you. number two. And yeah. Uh, yeah, no, God bless. Good luck, sir. Yeah, God bless. Sounds good. I gotta go. I gotta go squat and push out a poo before I go meet up with the Donald. So <laughs> you guys have a good night. Dude, All right, good Squat's luck, man. Soon. All right. Ciao. Ciao. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mike DiLorenzo, about to be a father of two. A father. Father. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap the show up. we got mailbag. We're doing things a little out of sync. Media musings. Media musings. Man, if, if, Donators. If DiLo were here, donors. he'd be losing his mind. Oh, because we're going out of order. Yeah. Out of order. All right. Okay, let's do it. The Trail Show. We'll be back.
The Trail Show. Less gear, more beer. The Trail Show is back, and we just cracked open the Cherry Creek from Strange Brewing mm. Company. One of my favorites. Mags, you'd never had it before? Never. What do you think? Um, I can only have a little bit of it because it's really sweet, but make a good dessert beer. Very good dessert beer. And Love it's it. uh, I like to call it cherry pie in a cup. It's tart and sweet. And we had we had breakfast in a cup. We had campfire in a cup. Christmas in a cup. We didn't have that tonight. Not tonight, but we have in the past. We had Shanghai in a cup. We did have some of the uh, Orion Orion beer from Okinawa, which is very tasty for a beer from that part of the world. Actually, has a little bit of flavor. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are we getting into next? I think we're doing medium musings. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. So, Mags, what's the whole deal with the Nature RX? Well, this is a very last minute thing. My dad, of all people, sent me. He says, "You know, Paul, you got to check out this drug ad." I'm it's like, great. I'm like, what the hell is this so drug think, ad? Uh, you'll see. And he sent. I'm like, oh, dad, this is pretty cool. Thanks for sharing. So, with it's a 90 second audio spot for Nature RX. So, with no further ado, I, I think we're going to cue it up here. Do you find yourself longing for the apocalypse? I did. I was looking for a reason to live. Hi. Are you feeling tired, irritable, stressed out? Well, you might consider nature. From the people that brought you getting outside comes prescription strength nature, a non-harmful medication shown to relieve the crippling symptoms of modern life. Nature's recommended for humans of all ages, and it's great for pets, too. Nature can reduce cynicism, meaninglessness, anal retentiveness, and murderous rage. In clinical studies, nature is proven to decrease work-induced catatonia. Caution. Nature may cause you to slow down, quit your job, or seriously consider what the f*** you're doing with your life. (laughs) If you are overly cynical, jaded, or emotionally numb, you may need to increase your dose of nature. Do you have trouble being even mildly uncomfortable? Nature may not be right for you. Side effects may include spontaneous euphoria, taking yourself less seriously, and being in a good mood for no apparent reason. So ask your doctor if nature is right for you. Wow, that's, uh, I was actually watching the YouTube video as the audio on that played, and uh, the audio stands alone. There's one little joke that's on the YouTube video you won't get through. The audio has an asterisk. Golf does not count as nature. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's actually, a, they've got a couple other promo spots yeah, they that do. they've done too. So we should post a link to that, or have we already We done? already have. They're okay. coming out with part two at some in the near future, but I think it's a really clever ad. And uh, being sir, it's, I think the reason why they're doing this, so many people are on drugs or you know living in Boulder, people... I see enough people looking for some spiritual cure where they're spending thousands upon thousands of dollars for yoga retreats or mm, what have you. That hits a little close to home, doesn't it, Mags? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're ah, the crock of God. Anyway. <laughs> Brazilian faith healer. But that's another discussion. Don't, don't that's get a started. bonus show, Mags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not. We're going to have Dilo sing for a bonus show me rant for an hour about faith healers. But anyway... <laughs> and crystal power, brother. Yeah, that's yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so the we- the website that we just uh, pulled that from is nature rx dot org. Go check those out. The promo yeah. spot is awesome. It, yeah, I'm sure most folks have probably already seen this. I'm looking at the YouTube hits. It's like 1.6 million views at this point. Yeah, we posted on our Facebook page, and just that's pe- when it blew up. Th- there we go. <laughs> but 
if people do, right. just take a simple walk, and it doesn't have to be many months or many weeks or even many days. Just take a walk, enjoy mm-hmm. nature, unless it's golfing. Uh, I liked one of the things they said it cures was murderous rage. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh man, it, it's really good for me to go out on weekends. They come back on a Monday, and it's invariably the weekly crisis of the century. I call it. Yeah. Oh my! And this is every job in corporate America. It doesn't matter where you work. And I just smile because I think, yeah, this is pretty much all bull. Yeah, you know, a <laughs> lot of days. it is, man. Yeah. Five it, five days, you have. You know, we all want to do a good job, but it, again, it's a weekly crisis of the century. Then you yeah. go on the weekends, you see what's real in life, and it's the mountains and the canyons and the rivers. Something as simple as wake up in the morning, drinking that hot cup of coffee, looking at a sunrise. Mm-hmm. It's Boom! Not the, it's not the PowerPoint presentation. Mac G, can do you experience that in your line of work? Do you have to deal with a lot of other people's crises? I do IT support, so yes. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So you they're, guys, they're, we could do a yeah. bonus show just with you two talking about horror stories. That would they're, be they're so crisis. interesting. You guys <laughs> yeah. talking about other people's IT crisis is my paycheck. It, yeah, I don't deal with that quite as much anymore because I deal more in the back end of the servers, but there's still again weekly crisis of the century. That's but a that, great way to look at it, though. Other people's crisis is my paycheck. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I actually um, registered a domain several years ago. Uh, there's this thing called Bitter Waitress, and I thought I would do bitteritguy.com. Oh, are, are you I doing d- anything with it? No, it, it lapsed. So Okay. Uh, but that would be pretty funny. I think there'd be a lot of material. Oh, for oh. sure. But go to nature. You're no longer the Bitter IT Guy. No. There you go. I like it. All right. So, so we got a few letters this month, correct? Yeah, we got some mailbag. Some short and sweet and to the point mail items, I would say. How about a little? Yeah. I was gonna say yeah. a little mailbag music. All right. So what did we get this month? Well, P- Pam Wilmot. I missed the sound effects. Oh, uh, oh, Pam, God bless you. Did the onion put you up to writing us that letter? <laughs> did he? I don't know. She paid him a nice cubes. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's low, Peter. Wow. That's low. McGavro has no idea what we're talking yeah, about. A lot of inside jokes He doesn't here. listen to the show. Keep yeah. going. Keep going, please. Don't so, listen to the show. Uh, through Train. And at Trail Show, may I add, P.O.D.'s Copper Canyon segment was awesome. Yeah. I say halfway measures on the sound effects. Keep crickets for one. Oh, okay. Okay. Our friend Galad. Uh, great show, team. Even without disco or the sound effects. Oh, well, hey, hats I, off to you guys. So, Ingrid Gerard, of course, our friend Ingrid with P1. She, again, she writes the most most awesome tweets here. This morning's 5 a.m. wake up has been made tolerable thanks to hashtag coffee and the discovery that the latest trail show awaits my drive to work. Nice. <clears throat> and she posted a really, really cute photo of her kid with the trail show hat. That's mm. true. Yeah. And. We've had a few different questions, including from The Onion, about the bonus show, all the show. So yeah. people want to know two things. Are What's the status of that show? Yeah. The status, uh, you mean of the, the Oregon live show? Correct. It will be out on next month's show. It will be our show for so next I, month. So I think this is a good spot to just kind of mention. We've kind of alluded to this a little bit, and Ben just like made comments so Disco and I are leaving. We are it's going... It's Buck 30's fault. It is Buck 30's it's fault. It's actually the trail show's fault. Yeah. Because we interviewed Buck 30 about the Terror Trail some over, well over oh, a year ago. ago. And the problem with hikers is that sometimes they go hiking. 
That's right. So Buck, and, and Buck 30 sold us. He really raised the gauntlet because the couple times that I saw him since then, he's always like, you could never do it. He like MacGyver thinks I can't make it. <laughs> she, so, um, she'll never make it. <laughs> You'll never make it. So, Disco's yeah. going solo. Yeah. He, Disco won't make it if he goes solo. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so, so, so Disco and I are leaving. We're going to go. Our intention is to go hike. You know, all of the TA. We'll, we'll see what happens. And um, so we, we, in advance, have recorded some shows and planned to release those for the the masses so there's not such a giant gap of trail yeah. shows. And actually, we've got shows lined up every month, just like we always have. And we do hope to release a few shows from New Zealand in February and March. So And, and those will be super abridged. It won't be like, yeah. an, you know. It'll be different. It, it won't be your... It won't be what you're used to hearing. It's going to be audio from the trail, and I've basically got a half ounce uh, compressor mic that yeah. attaches to my phone, <laughs> and, and and that's it. It's basically <laughs> going to be the symphony of morning farts. Oh no 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 no! Uh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, no that that's <laughs> a kidding. that's a Just bonus kidding. show with Squatch. I'll listen yeah. to that show. <laughs> um, so so yeah. So anyway, to to get back to the question, you know, we're recording the November show right now. The, the December show is going to be the, the live show, the the live show we show. did in Oregon. And we've got a treat for you for for January, which we're not going to actually tip our hand at just yet. And, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, and, and then February, March, hopefully we'll be from New Zealand. And uh, another question that people want to know, what was the deal with Win a Date contest? Oh, oh, so how did it play out, P.O.D.? So uh, I'm happy to announce that there were... Multiple entries, and Drop and Roll was the winner of the Win a Date with Bobcat. And, um, and people will hear a lot more about they that will. with the live but show. But I, I forced them to awkwardly stand in front of the entire <laughs> gathering and hold hands and look Uh-oh. into each other's eyes. And Pepper was the runner-up date, um, but we didn't have. We thought it would be more fun to make Pepper be the third wheel instead of actually giving him a oh, wait, date. You're telling too much. People need to wait and listen okay. to that show. We'll just because one thing we won't reveal... Uh, by saying it now, so you won't get in the audio. The three of them turned deep, deep purple. I mean, the oh, blushing was, was incredible. It was, great. it was one of the most awkward moments I've ever witnessed in my life, and, and, it, I and it was in front of it. a room of a hundred people. It was great. There was a winner. There was a date, and there were some losers. And there were some losers. And you will hear details of it in the December show. Boom That's bang, right. which is the all the West show to answer the first That's question. Right. Very good. So we've had multiple questions, so they deserve an answer. Yeah. And well, that, that's it. And I just want to reiterate um, a, a letter we got at the front end of the show from Timothy P., who also gave us a donation. And, and just just to remind folks, he said, okay. he, here's what he said. He said, please, oh, please bring back the sound effects. That's all. Okay. <laughs> and I also got a message from Christopher Smith via the Facebook and uh, he is a native of New Zealand. Well, actually, I don't know that, but he lives in New Zealand. And he said, I'm going to be starting the TA in just over a week. The trail show is one of the main reasons for me taking up through hiking. I hope we cross paths at some point. Whoa. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He might actually be able to rescue us at some point. Yeah. yeah. And, and who knows, if he's, a, if he's a native, maybe we can uh, crash at his house and eat his food and use yeah, his shower. I think he'll be down with that. All right. Did we have some donations this month, We Max? did. We have a lot of, every month, donators. 
Oh, now now Mags, it's donors. You, we're going to get hate mail if we say donators. I like donators. Sounds like, you know, Michael Bay Transformers movies. Donators. Right? I was just saying the same thing. Wow. Wow. All right, Three. Diane Pinkers. Of course, a the Bobby Walters. Elizabeth. Oh, we gotta, uh, can we do D-Lo? D-Lo's not here. He got D! <laughs> Matt Murray. Gumi, a.k.a. Bernard. Russ. Ganda. What about Mr. Craig Gully. Justin. Quality Knowles. Buddy Sessoms. Ken Steinhoff. Gringo Madness. Ingrid. No last name needed. That's right. Ingrid G. Cutest kids ever. That's right. Samuel Emery. Karen Huss. Mark Strobel. Matt Murray. Mark Daigle. Laura Weiss. North Cascades hiker who was the winner of the Mags Challenge. Uh, second place. Second place. Never mind. Yes. But he was a... W- First place loser. All, all our... <laughs> hey, I was going to say all our listeners are wiz- winners. But no, yeah. I know. I'm just kidding. And of course, David Vitti. Any relation, Mags? <laughs> now, just because there's a vowel... <laughs> I, I, I'm just, just curious. Just well, because he's in We got Giganti. We've got Vitti. Who else we got on there? What other kind of... Russ Kinda... Kinder? No, he's not Italian. That's German. He's Rasta. What? I don't Rasta? Know. Did you say Rasta? Rasta? He, he, he's from Bagata. He's one of them Rastas. <laughs> Una Bagata. Una Bagata. Now we have a few one-offs. Well, let's talk w- about this. We have one one-off. Amon Bruce, and we made a slight mistake last. Yeah. Well, on our show, we said Bruce from Aldo gave us a wonderful donation. Uh uh-uh, uh it was John Martin, who's the brother of Mr. Bruce, who yeah. gave us a donation. So we apologize, but props to both of you, and we really appreciate the yeah. donations. Yeah. John and Bruce, you guys rock. And, and seriously, thanks for your support of the show. It was great seeing both of you out at Alta West. Keep listening, and we'll keep doing what we do. That's right. All right. And, and I'll just say, like when I look down at that list of people, which has kind of grown over the years, it's sort of, I don't know, it's a little humbling that, that you all would donate to us just to you know, hear us do our beers, trails of nonsense every month. This is really cool, and we thank you because it helps. Well, the beer, of course, but the equipment we use. Yeah, and, yeah. and we have bandwidth. had to replace stuff. Sometimes and, Max gets angry and he breaks things. That's he breaks right. microphones. That's right, and you know we've used it for donations to charity. Being quite we have. serious, yeah, yeah. Uh, on our listeners' behalf. So pizza, pizza, yes, our blackjack pizza. So uh, yeah, official pizza that's of right. the trail show. And we we always go for the uh, special toppings, you know, the the chicken with pesto. So we thank you. you know, our listeners give yeah. you that special pizza we deserve. Anchovies, bacon, oh, God. ice cream. You know, my dad used to make pizzas by hand growing up. He would do anchovies, black olives, and extra garlic. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> Sounds amazing. That smelled good for days in your gut. Whoa. You and it was what we used to call white pizza, no red sauce. And it was always oh, delicious. Oh. Really? Yeah. That sounds like a... He has uh, to roll it. My dad would roll it by hand. And do you, have you ever tried to replicate it? I haven't. Maybe I, I should do that. You should take it up this winter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It'd be a good winter sport. <laughs> I was on call a couple of weeks ago. I made Italian gravy. Ooh. What the old timers would call gravy. Sauce. Sauce. Like red boss. sauce? It was simmering all day, and I put the pork and the sausage. Oh, it was good. That sounds pretty good. It was delicious. So what else do we got to cover? <laughs> um, We're doing a bonus cooking show, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, we still have to do our gear review. So our gear review. Let's rock out first. Wait, time. wait. You got to wait for the beat to drop. Here it comes. One, Here it two, comes. Three. Ready? Here we go. 
right, Mags. What do you have for this month for the gear review? The most useful, versatile item in a backpacker's kit. Ooh, next, ooh. To, Second to duct tape, I would say. Should we let MacGyver guess? Yeah, guess, MacGyver. What is it? Don't say weed. My second guess would be... Nothing? Come on. Just guess something. Most versatile? uh, A a safety pin. Hmm. Wait, can I guess? Because I don't know what it is. Dental floss. That's a good guess, but Uh. you know something. I know what it is, so I'm not going to guess. So we all have scraps of this at home. Porn. Oh, I don't have scraps of that. (laughs) Just kidding. Scraps? What is that? Porn mags. Oh, okay. I was thinking of MacGyver here. Sorry. That's my other (laughs) alternative name. Porn mags. Gianna. So... Mags.xxx. That was awesome. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling you that. Scraps while I'm Paolo. I'm here to love you all. Anyway. You can introduce yourself. You can say, my name is Mags. Porn Mags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I never thought of that. Oh, man. So scraps of blue foam is the most awesome gear. Blue foam not, pad. Not just for sleeping. No, 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 no. You can make a platform out of it for winter backpacking with some foam on it. I have a piece of my vehicle right now. You pull it out. You can work on your car. Or if you're doing some winter or muddy activities, you can take off your shoes and put on your trail shoes while standing on the foam. Now, wait. How big of a scrap are you talking? I, I think as big scrap, as you need. Yeah, I think scrap, and I think maybe like a you know, size of maybe a piece of paper. Well, that'd be a sit pad. Well, because I do, you know, three-quarter length out of my phone. You always have leftover of a six-foot pad. So yeah. that's a lot to work with, just out of a six-foot pad. Or if you retire it, it's still good for some other things. Like I turn mine, again, into a platform for winter backpacking, cover with some foil. So put your stove on, reflects oh, the heat back. yeah. Mm-hmm. I had an extra scrap. And we've reviewed tinfoil. That's another gear item that <laughs> there we've reviewed. There you go. Boom. I have a, probably like a... a Two foot length, I fold it in half. It's in my car right now. As I say, I use it to work on the car if I change a, a fog light like the other day. Or in winter, I'll put it on the ground. I'll take off my shoes I wore up to the trailhead and put on my ski boots all without touching the snowy ground. Pretty cool. You can get a pot cozy out of it. Ooh. I like how more and more uh, bent and scrunched down Max has gotten during the show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, uh, well, the microphone has been moving it, on. It's you. drooping. I know. I know. <laughs> Porn mags need some Viagra of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> Your microphone needs some Viagra. That's dude. right. It needs a little lift. Anyway, um, you can use it for it. Oh, you can make a, a poor man's water bottle cozy for winter backpacking. Yeah. With some duct tape. Which we've also reviewed. Yeah. And some blue foam. You could see that. Wow. Okay. See and that. if you do not have scraps of blue foam, guess what? You can go to any discount store, buy a six foot length of it for 10 bucks. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. Yes. So blue foam is—I would say—it's our gear pick of the year. Ooh, Ooh you heard it here wow. first, ladies and gentlemen. Blue foam pad. And it was, to be fair, it was my gear pick of the year last year. But so we're gonna do it again. Yeah. Gear pick of the year this year. Two years running. Oh, that's a huge endorsement for a blue that foam is. pad. So we're expecting our endorsement and bonus money from the Army Surplus Store. There we go. You know who else is a big uh, fan of the blue foam pad? Who would that be? Ray Jardine. Really? And it comes in different colors. I've seen green foam, black mm. foam, oh. and classic blue foam. 
Is it all the same regardless of color? Is it typically the same? Very story? similar material. Yeah. Okay. Like the surplus pads are like greenish brown, you know, military. And yeah, sure. Some of the mountaineering pads I've seen are black for whatever dumb reason, but it's all mm. pretty much the same. And I wonder if you actually came upon some mylar and were to tape it to the bottom of your blue foam pad, if you could up the R value. MacGyver, can you speak to that? I wouldn't believe that you could up the R value. <laughs> I just took you off guard. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> whether it is the mylar or whether it is the uh, house wrap, you could probably do both. Ooh, wow. okay. Tyvek house wrap. Tyvek, yeah. yeah okay. re- 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 reflects the cold out, reflects the heat up, you know. Okay. So for a 10 spot, you can get some foam and do a lot with it. All right. I like it. All right, folks. You know what that means, MacGyver, right? Do you know what this music means? I don't listen to the trail show. Ugh. This is the part of the show where we end the show. That's right. So, we would like to thank everyone for tuning in today. A big thanks to Rick MacGyver Howe for guesting on tonight's show. Thank you for having me. So, MacGyver, now that you're done with all the 14ers, what are you going to do next? The Centennials. Ooh, Ooh so the, the 100 highest peaks. 100, yeah. Basically, between 111 and 130. Really? Yeah. Have you done any of them yet? Uh, in the last month, I have done three of them. Oh, he, he's, oh. Already, he's already on a mission, ladies and gentlemen. All right, very good. Big thanks to Strider for schooling us on the North Country Trail. Yes. Northcountrytrail.org. Uh, what else? Thanks to all our monthly PayPal donors. You guys are amazing. Got hooked. We are humbled. P.O.D., could you please? Uh, this month's show is sponsored by the creators of Gut Hooks Guides. Guthookhikes.com. For all of your hiking needs, iTunes App Store, Google Play Store, every trail you want to hike is on there. Go to guthookhikes.com. Not for your windows on a Blackberry. <laughs> you can always find us at thetrailshow.com, on Twitter at Trail Show, on Facebook, Instagram, Cafe Press at The Trail Show, on Stitcher Radio, and of course on iTunes. Individually, we're on Twitter at I'm at L-A-W-T-O-N-G. Mags is at P-Magsco. D-Lo is at D-L-O-W. Give that guy some props and a shout-out and give him some well wishes for That's his right. second baby. P-O-D is at Felicia Darkness. And MacGyver is at Ronin104. And this guy's only tweeted once. you got to tweet him immediately <laughs> and tell him that he's got to post. Tweet. One tweet. you got to post more than one, man. It's R-O-N-I-M-104. <laughs> You're about to get blown up, son. All right. Another trail show has come and gone, but don't fret. We've got a special treat next month for those of you that did not make it to our Alda West live show in Oregon, so stay tuned. Until then, for the Princes of Darkness, Mags, MacGyver, and D'Lo in absentia, I'm Disco. Have a great Thanksgiving. Ciao. D'Lo. D'Lo. Hikes. Baby. D'Lo. Hikes. Baby <laughs> D-Lo I wonder hikes. if Gut Hook has an app for, you know, for childbirthing. D- for D-Lo's baby? Yeah. It's the doula app. And Num- Siri guides you through it. Mags is the doula. That's right. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, how you doula? <laughs> Mags is my doula. Thank God Mags is not. The theme is primal defecation. You know, my dad used to make pizzas by hand growing up. He would do anchovies, black olives, and extra garlic.